Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 54 of Alien Hunger, uh, and I do not envy the author today because we've just finished up with the character section, but oddly we're left with one order of business that really should have gone right after the main story. The final section here, before we get into the pre-gen write-ups that close the book, is entitled Where to Go From Here, which I don't know if that's the title that the author chose or if maybe uh, he accidentally left speech to text on while he was composing this book, but it certainly is the question that naturally arises here. Where to go from here? Because we've just had this whole story, right? The story of Vampire Drama Club, a bunch of randos who are into community theater for some reason, who get kidnapped and turned into vampires by Louis Pasteur, and then he is suddenly, albeit serenely, killed in a fire, and Vampire Drama Club is left with with no idea of what's going on, what to do. What is a vampire? Am I a vampire? Is this why my eyeballs are smoking when I look out the window? I need a couple of days and like a lot more eyeball pain before I figure this shit out. But then they finally do figure this shit out, and then they gradually introduce themselves to, like, what is vampire society in Denver? What's going on here? Where do we fit in? Why do people hate us? What was Louis Pasteur up to? And then they finally, hopefully, found the uh, vampire cure serums that Louis Pasteur had been working on, uh, which they potentially used to either turn themselves back into humans, like Monica Bellhurst, try and fail to turn themselves back into humans and die, like Emerson Wilkesher III, or like the rest of Vampire Drama Club, just kind of like do shots of random vampire potions, and see what the fuck happens. But like, all the plot lines are resolved. You've had your big wacky magic vampire potion finish. Some of the characters are dead. Some of them might be human again. Some of them might be of new clans. Uh, A lot can have happened. But basically, the drama of the situation is over, right? Like, the murderous, filthy little blonde who was kind of at the heart of this stole Pastor's serums. He's dead. The serums have been recovered. The mystery of Pastor has been solved. Vampire Drama Club no longer has any beef with Prince Ed. The murder investigation into Vampire Drama Club has been evaded in some way. Uh, Columbo may have been misled. Doesn't sound like Columbo. I think more likely he was killed or embraced by a forward-thinking vampire who realized that it would be wasteful to throw away a perfectly good Columbo by murdering him when you could reclaim him for vampire purposes. Like, what now? This is a jumpstart adventure. Everything's kind of been tied up. So what now? Here comes the author with some suggestions. Quote, There are a great many possible ends to this story, and each leaves you, the storyteller, in a position to head the chronicle off onto a different path. Some of the more obvious endings and their associated paths will be discussed here. Bad start. I don't know why people do this in game books, like where they do a thing where it's like just a, just a few of the most obvious and common choices will be listed here. Why? Well, why, why list the things everybody would think of? Why not list weird things that we wouldn't think of? Because the things that we would think of on our own, we will, in fact, think of on our own. This is not like mega dumb cast caliber dumb, because lots of people do this, it's, you know, very common. But I want to say I do appreciate the uh, Vampire the Masquerade clan books, especially the revised ones, for filling out their like sample character sections for each clan with, in many cases, real weirdos who are atypical of the clan. You don't want all that, right? Like you want a couple classics. But once you've devoted a book to telling us like what the vibe is, 
and helping us understand the material. If you're going to give us a bunch of ideas, there's no need to rehash. Give us different ideas that we maybe wouldn't expect given the rest of the book. You can tell this is the first recording in a block. Just sitting here sipping my coffee, complaining about minor details, like life will never end. Let's get the fuck on with it. Quote, the first possibility is that the characters will have taken the cure and attempted to reclaim their lost humanity by means of Prester's serums. If that is the case, then several options present themselves. The first is, of course, stop the chronicle completely at this point. Mm, Where to go from here? Nowhere. Option number one with a bullet. Nowhere. Just stop. In the book's defense, it goes on to say, rightly, this is a pretty good ending. All the characters get together, decide, yeah, despite these cool new powers, we want to be human again. And so they take their undead lives in their hands to take this serum and try to get their humanity back. And it even suggests you can end the campaign there without seeing whether it works. Like the important thing is the leap of faith to risk your life to become human again. That's not bad. And you you don't have to play Vampire the Masquerade in Denver fucking Colorado anymore. It's a major side benefit. Or you could follow the author's suggestion, quote, an option at this point is to allow the players to make new characters and use the background provided here to run a Denver-based chronicle. Why would you do this? We we're we're done here. There's only so much material. Like we we have we have gothed every punk and punked every goth in Denver, Colorado. We're done with Denver, Colorado. But the author begs to differ. Quote, another option, if the players are dead or mortal, but if you wish to continue the plot line, is to have them all be created by the pre-generated characters as agents to carry out further action against Thaddeus. Terrible idea. Let's continue. Quote, or give the characters other characters to play and let them take over the persona of Edward or the Duke or one of the others. Yes, this does say in the text, give the characters other characters to play. A- actually, not a bad ending to have Vampire Drama Club all become mortal again and then start a Vampire the Masquerade campaign. And then you go on from there playing the characters in Vampire Drama Club's Chronicle, which would then have a reason to be set in Denver because that's where they live. It's the city that they know. In fact, hold on. This is just coming to me right now. Simulation theory. <laughs> and yes, I am pointing at my brain as I say that because you have to. When you talk about simulation theory, you have like, in case anybody is not sure whether this is real smart or real dumb, you got to helpfully point to your brain. Simulation theory, the idea that we exist within a simulation, or, or in some cases that we almost inevitably exist within a simulation. What if the events of Alien Hunger are the home chronicle of Vampire Drama Club? They're playing themselves. They created this chronicle in Denver because that's where they live. They made up all these characters based on pop culture shit, and that's why there's a Columba. That's why there's a Terminator. And, and, and Teresa has five dots of chemistry, which is ridiculous for a high school chemistry teacher, but maybe that's what she would give herself if she greatly overestimates her own intelligence and, and skill at chemistry, which seems like a thing you would do if you were real good at chemistry and real smart and were a high school teacher in Denver. I feel like maybe you would be real smart and real good at chemistry, but think that you were Louis fucking Pasteur. And so Teresa's the GM, and so she has the big reveal that the vampire attacker is Louis Pasteur. And I'm sure when it was Louis Pasteur, everybody at the table was like, oh, fuck, Louis Pasteur again, Teresa. We went through this phase with you in high school. When is this going to end? Can you please jerk it about Louis Pasteur on your own time? But why would you when you have a vampire chronicle? I, I love this theory. I, there's nowhere to go with it, right? I mean, such is the tragedy of simulation theory. It's like, wow, cool idea. All right, goodbye. Anyway, that's not what the book is suggesting. It's suggesting that... If Vampire Drama Club, they all like die or become human again and walk off into the sunset or the sunrise if they want human privilege at work, then you can just have the players take over all these dumbass NPCs. They can play, you know, the real vampire dads of Denver and be like Edward and Duke and fucking, I don't know, 
Tony comes back to life, whoever. I mean, there are no really interesting vampires other than the pregens in this book. Or it's suggesting that you could have Vampire Drama Club embrace a new generation of vampires to go take revenge on Thaddeus for some reason, who, this is the first time we're going to see his name, but he appears again and again on this page. The author seems to be under the misapprehension that the player characters are going to have a real hate on for Thaddeus. But why would they? Like, especially in this scenario, you get attacked by a beardy rando on the street. He causes you all this, all these problems. You know, you wake up in a basement with a, a mother and an eight-year-old girl that he's kidnapped. You know, he's abducted a child and put her in danger. He's taken all of your human lives from you. I mean, Monica's struggling with her marriage and everything. Marcus is probably barely able to import anime figurines. Emerson continues to be fine because he's rich. It's just hard times all around, like relative to, you know, hard times by wealth level. And as you investigate the situation, you eventually find out if you somehow intuited that your main priority in this story is to go break into Prester's safety deposit box at the bank. Um, you'll, you'll read Pastor's notebooks and you'll find out he embraced you because he felt he needed allies because someone was out to get him. And this is the only way, by the way, that you would know that Prester wasn't just really planning an attack or whatever on Prince Ed, which is what Prince Ed thinks was going on. So in all likelihood, you probably come out of the story thinking that Prester was just like Louis Pasteur trying to cure vampirism and also trying to take down the prince and he got killed for it. If you find his notebooks, you'll find out he thought someone was after him. And if you talk to Prince Ed about that, then it'll eventually come out that this guy Thaddeus you've never met motivated Ed to kill Prester. Where I'm missing the logic is, okay, this guy who kidnapped you and took your life away, cursed you to an eternal existence among the damned. He was killed, wrongly, by a local authority figure who thought he was going to be trouble because he was influenced by a very powerful vampire with motives that have nothing to do with you who has already left town. Number one, why do you care at this point? Why are you going to go try to take what, revenge, it says, against Thaddeus? Thaddeus didn't do anything to you. I mean, except insofar that he was the motivation for Prester to feel like he had to embrace you, which brings us to point number two that I don't understand. Why would you then respond to this injustice by yourselves embracing vampires, like paying it forward and taking away the lives of other human beings so that they, with less experience and power than you, can go take revenge on Thaddeus for indirectly doing this very shit to you? It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? I don't know why you would even give a second thought to Thaddeus. I'm not sure I know why you would ever hear about Thaddeus. But anyway, that's one place to go from here. Uh, Vampire Drama Club turns back into humans, but then they decide to use the serums or whatever to embrace a new generation of vampires to go hunt down this guy Thad they heard of in a conversation with the prince. Or you could divvy up the characters in the character section and play like buddy vampire cops starring the Terminator and Columbo. Another great idea that is purely mine and is not in the book. All they said was Ed and Duke, who is the Terminator. I was the one who came up with pairing Columbo and the Terminator and making it a vampire buddy cop comedy. So that is my original creative work. I do now legally own Columbo, I think. Other possibilities for this story. Quote, if the desire is to continue the chronicle, <laughs> it's probably how you're asking it at the table. Sheepishly, after you've run this shit for the group, you're like, so is, uh, is the desire to continue the chronicle? Quote, then there are several options there as well. Attempting to track down Thaddeus and seek from him an explanation or take from him reparations or vengeance could be the focus of an entire chronicle. As touched on in the description of Thaddeus in the characters section, 
Thaddeus is obsessed with places of power, and a chronicle taking the characters across the nation and around the world could easily be put together around this theme. Now, as I said earlier in the season, I am not completely averse to chasing Thaddeus around the world to various cattle-adjacent places of power. Seems like it could be like good campy fun. It is thoroughly unmotivated by and unsupported by this book. Like, all this book gives you is NPCs and locations in Denver, Colorado, and a a very small, contained kind of mystery plot about who killed Pasteur and why, why the characters have become vampires, uh, that is all kind of tied up with a bow here at the end. Because Thaddeus has no motivation other than he didn't like what Pasteur was doing and wanted him dead, and now Pasteur is dead. So that's all kind of wrapped up. So given that the plot, the setting, and the characters in this book wouldn't apply to this campaign, um, it seems like a stretch to suggest it as a continuation. But, you know, fine. At least it's a way to leave Denver behind and do something else. Then it goes on to suggest, you know, you could just stay in Denver and just, like, keep doing what you're doing, man. Just keep steady on what's happening at the Broad Street lately. You know, what are they? What kind of music are they into right now? Oh, like playing Rod Stewart's greatest hits still? Great. Fantastic. What's the prince up to? Still mainly just like playing in the house band, doing paperwork in the back? All right. Where are all the vampires hanging out lately? Still at the Broad Street mainly, just like late into the night after closing, just milling around. Nothing really to do in Denver, you know? Go get a snack like drinks from some cows or some yokels at the planetarium. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it, buddy. So that could be your chronicle for years and years. (laughs) And then it goes on to say, quote, If you feel particularly daring, you could continue the chronicle after the characters have regained their humanity. They would be mortals with a special knowledge of the undead and could hunt the damned, especially Thaddeus, or they could involve themselves in the world of the kindred in other ways, all the time bringing a unique perspective to all they do. Points for boldness. I want to reward a bold idea, but nonetheless, this is the dumbest thing on this page. So I don't know if I've ever gone over this explicitly in this season. The reason it's called Vampire the Masquerade is because they have this thing called the Masquerade. And it's based on the traditions, which are like the guiding rules of vampire kind. And the first tradition is that you can't let humans know about vampires. Uh, If you do this, then you'll be hunted to death. So right away, we have a little bit of a practical impediment to playing human beings who know about vampires, who have just been fully introduced to the entire vampire community of Denver, then continuing to live in Denver as humans who know about vampires. Uh, Because they would be obliged to kill you. All of them would be obliged to kill you. And you'd have no defense because you're human now. I mean, I guess you could try going to uh, media or law enforcement or something, which would be a real good reason for these vampires to kill you right away. Now, in the book's defense, it doesn't specify that you stay in Denver. You could, I guess, go out on the road and become roving vampire hunters. It says you could hunt the damned, quote, especially Thaddeus. And this is the single dumbest thing in this page. We've already talked about, like, why would you go after Thaddeus? Like, what the fuck do you care? He is what, uh, I think he's almost two millennia old, an extremely ancient vampire who never even met you, doesn't even know about you, who killed the guy who did this to you for his own reasons and is gone now. But this presents the additional obstacle, not just the why, but the how. How the fuck are you going to find and kill a millennia old vampire as six randos from Denver, Colorado, with no special training or abilities. And what are you going to do when you get to his lair? What, like, what, what's the plan? Because Thaddeus is not the most powerful of elder vampires. I mean, his stats are given in the book, and physically he's a beast. You know, he's, he's got some celerity, he's got protein two, so he's doing ag damage, he's got, like, I think potent six, he's incredibly strong, and he's got a variety of other powers. 
but he's not one of your like deeply entrenched, super powerful elder vampires. An organized group of vampires for sure could take him on. Humans, I, I don't think so. I don't think uh, these six humans with like no special abilities, not a chance. And, and the only reason that there's even a possibility of taking him down by any means is because he lacks the power base that you expect elder vampires to have, right? Like he has resources three. After millennia, he is like middle class. He has no real influence on anything, no contacts. He's not, he doesn't have any like connections and like power in that sense. He just has like his his dumb vampire tricks and a lot of gumption. And that's that's basically it, which kind of segues into like the zoom out, like, you know, the large scale dumb thing that, that makes this section hard to write. There's really nothing here for anyone. Like, why would you want Denver if you're a vampire? I mean, you could make an, a real life argument about, you know, aerospace companies and things like that, but there, none of that is covered here. None of the vampires that we meet have anything to do with any real power base. No one has anything they're passionate about here on a personal level. No one has a deep connection to the land in any way. No one is like strongly connected to a group of mortals who live here. No one has tons of money. No one has tons of political power. It's not a center of like mortal or vampiric like levers that can be pulled. Uh, it's not especially safe here. There's not like, there's not a great deal of opportunity. They're just, no one here has anything worth taking. Why would anyone want Denver if they're a vampire is a question that has gone unanswered in this book. So now it's hard when we want to ask like, where does Vampire Drama Club go from here? Because the answer probably is just off to do whatever else. It's just like, they're kind of done with everything there is to do in Denver. You know, they have the serums now or have already ingested them. And that's really all there was of note here. So they're they're done with one exception. And I, and I do like normally I end with the dumbest thing, but this is a, a bit of a surprise last minute entry in, in where do we go from here? It does mention the possibility that you could do a version of this where the serums work as cures for other vampires. By default, the serums can only cure uh, bullshit vampires created by bullshit scientific means by Louis Pasteur. And so they work on the player characters, but they don't work on anybody else. You could do a version where Pasteur's efforts succeeded and you now have a cure for vampirism, which like throws the whole vampire world into chaos. Very bold move to like blow up the premise of the game in the quick start adventure. Because once vampirism can be cured, then like you've got people rejoining the ranks of humanity from the dead. You've got like newly embraced people having a way out. And so you are going to have all kinds of humans who know about vampires. The masquerade's going to be destroyed. So if you want to quick start your chronicle directly into Gehenna, directly into like the vampire apocalypse, and then the whole setting blows up, you know, by all means, this would make you a target for Thaddeus because he hates cures for vampirism. So then you've got Thaddeus as an antagonist who's after you, which makes a little more sense. Finally, though, it says, quote, if the players left Liverman, remember that's a science jaguar, with clues as to their nature, he could quite easily become fixated on them and the mysterious substance he calls Alpha. His investigation of the characters could be a recurring element in future stories. He could even team up with other witch hunters and the Chronicle could turn into an extended cat and mouse game. That's right. Did you motherfuckers think you had seen the last of science jaguar? No. You should have known when he pulled that shotgun on you. This guy has player character written all over him. Science Jaguar is not going to give up on the secrets of vampirism so easily. He's in. He's got his science mobile. He's got his shotgun. He's got his scientific expertise and his natural charm, his jet-setting freelance chemist lifestyle. This guy is going to become a vampire hunter. So it, even if I'm not really satisfied with any other ending or closure of any kind we get on this page, I am content with where we have left Science Jaguar. 
These experiences have changed him. He's become harder. He's become tougher. He's become even cooler. He has awakened to the darkness and danger of his world, and he's going out there into the night to teach the kindred that they should fear Science Jaguar. So that's amazing. There's one cool thing in Denver. I take it all back. That is it for the main body of Alien Hunger. However, because the adventure was based on our pregens, Vampire Drama Club, we've got to have write-ups for them here at the end of the book. What follows is going to be pairs of pages. For each character, we're going to get a profile page that's going to just talk narratively about who the character is, what their backstory is, how they feel about vampirism, how to play them, etc., and give us an illustration of the character as well. And then on the second page, we're going to get a character sheet. And on those days, we're going to be able to take a closer look at the characters mechanically and see like what they're actually capable of, what it would really be like to play them at the table. After a characters section that largely had nothing to do with the events of this book, it's going to be really nice to go back and, and give Vampire Drama Club one more look and discover all the little nuances, all the little secrets of their backgrounds that we didn't get to in the main story. Join me next time for that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.